You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number one hundred and eighty-seven. We're discussing Batman Day, the Infinity Saga box set, and revisiting some of our Superman comments. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And joining us this week, particularly to celebrate Batman Day here in the Nerd Room, and to talk a little bit about Superman, educate us a little bit, is the one, the only, the goddamn Batman, <laughs> our good friend Carlos. Welcome back, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Looking forward to it. You know, last week we rattled a few of the Superman community's cages. We had a brief discussion, which I think turned into a little bit more than we had expected with regards to the re- revelation that Bendis was going to reveal Superman's identity and how we figured it was a bit more difficult to write. And we had a few people comment this, and we had some listener questions or listener comments to go through here. And Carlos also volunteered his services, his expertise in Superman to walk us through a bit of it, because I feel my, in particular, my naivete on the <laughs> subject may have uh, may have perked some ears here. So we're going to get a bit of an education on Superman. We're also going to celebrate Batman Day. I had the very fortunate opportunity this weekend, guys, to hit the Batcave in Carlos' house unbelievable next level collecting i can't wait to talk some batman we're gonna be talking our batman stories what batman has meant to us you know what's what we saw for the first time how it's influenced us and particularly you dc guys sitting across the table from me (laughs) but guys that's coming towards the end of the episode because like always the top of the nerd room we've got to talk about our week's end nerd is an exciting week guys I was digging through someone's garage for some action figures. Little bit of a present sitting to the left of me from my man across the table. But guys, I gotta know, Carlos in particular, it's been a while since you've been on the pod. How, how's life? How's nerd? How's comics? How's collecting? Everything is good. I got no complaints with anything. Um, you guys always do the week in nerd. Being a statue collector, it's more my quarter in nerd. Because <laughs> <clears throat> obviously you can't be doing that kind of stuff weekly, but ironically i did have a delivery so i got my first statue from uh tweeterhead studios i don't have anything from them yet but uh they did a superpowers collection that i mulled over jumping into it was a bit too much for me to do every single piece but of course had to get batman so yes you did fresh off the truck oh he's uh sitting waiting but uh couldn't open him up because i had to be here tonight (laughs) but uh i sense that there'll be a little something for shelf sunday and uh so there was that and then Got some ink done, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. yeah, the Spider-Man half-sleeve. My dude. Little Spider-Man, little symbiote costume, yes. a little Venom. So that was uh, that was last week. Yeah, uh, I kind of tweeted that, at you guys. Cause... That is a collection. That is a piece, yeah. though. Yeah, my, my boy Trevor, he's he's magic Holds with it down. the tools. He did both so. of them? Uh, yeah, he did my my DC, DC Trinity piece yeah. and then, yeah, the Spider-Man piece. Man. So fresh yeah. dude how's that statue looking is it based off of the superpowers yeah it is, it is. Yeah. okay so it, it was kind of weird because the first figure they did in their superpowers line was harley quinn but really? yeah who who never existed as superpowers right. but then uh yeah, they went back and like 
I think the impetus for the line was to have one sixth DC pieces, which people have been asking for for a long time because a ton of collectors, myself included, have the Bowen Designs pieces from Marvel, which were all one sixth. So, um, Twitter had stepped up and they've started to put together a one sixth collection of DC characters in their classic kind <clears> of <throat> silver bronze age type iterations. So, nice. yeah. Nice. Coming soon to a shelf Sunday. Oh, there we go. Near you. I don't know where you're going to put that down in the back (laughs) cave. (laughs) Yeah, a bit of, you know, moving around, maneuvering here, there, there, everywhere. Oh, man, it's, uh, like I said, something else. I'm going to gush about this a little later on. But, Troy, my man, have you you been on the hunt this Ah, weekend? You know, it's been a really chill time, man. You know, I finally... um, completed my hulk builder figure at last the uh ragnarok hulk oh, nice. but i've cheated on. on this one because i could never find his two arms those two arms are like impossible to find uh one being like the original hella that was released and then yeah, the other one that. was what was his face the god demigod i forgot his name all of a sudden now i want to say like odin or something but it's not odin I don't know. Ah, I forgot his name. Yeah. Anyways, but I can't find those. So what I ended up doing is I cheated and I bought the um, Endgame Hulk Builder figure, second wave. And I just got, I think it's like a Cottonmouth character that came with one arm. And then I got another character that was like a Captain America guy, spinoff dude. And I got his arm put together. (laughs) The complexion works. And so I completed a Hulk. It's the first Marvel Legends Hulk I've ever had, actually. Nice. So it's not bad. Um, But man, it's all about the comics for me. I went hard on the comics. I finally went back. Picked up all Amazing Spider-Man, caught up on uh, Tom King's, um, what is it, Batman, 80s, I think Batman. City of Bane? So City seven, of Bane, so 77, 78, 78 and 79. 78, yeah. And I'm back in, man. Fully on board. <laughs> 77 hits you hard with some Damien love. If you don't like Damien Wayne's as Robin, check out that issue because he kills it. Yeah. And um, Power of X, House of X, how can you go wrong with that? Continue that run with Jonathan Hickman. I'm losing my mind over this. I know some people are kind of a little eerie on it, but me, I love it. It's it's love killing it. me because I slept on it a bit. Yeah. So I figured they're gonna pack the shelves with these books. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna have no problem walking into the shop and getting these. I walked into the shop, couldn't find them. <laughs> no way. Well, see, yeah, it sucks because unfortunately I kind of been getting some variants which I didn't want. Yeah. But it's been going down my pull list. But the coolest thing I could say about Hickman is I think when it's all said and done, what Marvel will probably do is release like a whole Hickman run. Because if you are reading this book, there's things that are in this book that are also in like Avengers World, you know, like, um, was like it? The uh, new- Nine Months Till Ends, whatever. They had yeah. like the countdown, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So there's all that stuff going on. And then there's also obviously the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Run. So ago. all that stuff is all connected. Like if you could read all of them together, you don't even have to touch like the other Marvel books. You could just read all Hickman and be satisfied. It's all in there. So, ah, loving it, man. It's a good day when X-Men's on top of things. And I just can't wait to see his run coming out of uh, Power of X, House of X. Do you think based on what they're doing here, is this going to influence, you think, the MCU at all? Because you look at what Hickman's run did for Avengers mm-hmm. and how that influenced what they did with the Black Order, with Thanos. Yes. Do you think there's going to be any sort of influence on what they're going to do in the MCU? Are they kind of re basically rehashing some of the origins to get to a point where it's consumable by a larger audience and that can be something that can be just basically ported over to the big screen or is this way too complex for See, it? at first I would have said, yeah, they're probably going to do that. But now, like, Hickman's writing is so complex and he's kind of the guy that will kind of give you, like, the overall story at the beginning and then he'll, like, hit you hard in the middle with something different mm-hmm. and then he'll show you how you really got there. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to say if he's going to do, like, some kind of origin or a new origin of the X-Men. I feel they definitely bring or grab some kind of, you know, stories from this book 
into like an MCU yeah. film, but I can't see them full on taking on like Hickman's story. And no, it's it. lots of deep cuts, lots of stuff, yeah. and like, lots of stuff that probably is going to connect to Days of Future Past. Like, I feel like they're building off of like prior X Men stories. Yeah, and he said forward. that at the beginning that you he's going to go through the entirety from day one through. There's going to be like you said, deep cuts. Yeah, yeah. in this, and that's what Hickman's known yeah. for. Like, you just look at the way is he using like the circles and lines and all the yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, just like um, yeah, uh, Infinity. Yeah, he yeah. loves that. Even oh, his yeah. like Twitter handle is like these weird circle line things. It's and how so it... cool. He'll even do it to the breakdown of like these mutants and like these different robots and yeah. like these clones, and he'll let you know like the DNA and what mismatched mutants they're made off of. Really cool stuff, oh, man. That's it's, awesome. It's, it's great. I got to yeah. get into that. That's kind of one of my blind spots right now in the in the comic reading, and yeah. it's it's just been hard to catch up. Like yeah. I've been up since four a.m. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> little ones not sleeping. But last night I did have an opportunity. I ran through. It was a, a small contained miniseries called The Prodigal Son. It was in a Fantastic Four book, Silver Surfer, and Guardians book. And it's you know the story's not it's not anything crazy fantastic but it's a fun story and I love seeing Fantastic Four Silver Surfer and Guardians and it's just basically this one character it's called Prodigal and he just skips through the three books as they're kind of handing him off as they're trying to figure out what the hell he's doing and it's just a lot of fun it's kind of a quick read three books they came out in relatively quick succession so I wouldn't say that it's something you have to run out and get, but if you do see them kind of in the dollar bins, I'd grab them. It's 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 a fun read. It's an older book then? No, brand new. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just came out. It kind of flew under my radar. The only yeah. reason I saw it is because I pull Guardians, and it came up into my pull list, and I was like, what the, like this is out of order. Like, I didn't. So yeah. I went back and just Googled it, and it's like, oh, you need a Fantastic Four and a Silver Surfer book. Like, you yeah, see Galactus, Silver <coughs> Surfer, Fantastic Four. It's, it's good stuff. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But my whole weekend was really focused around two main things, and that was... As I talked about last week, and as we were talking about the last three weeks, is the Vader box. <laughs> so you go back three episodes, and we we're talking about the Vader box, a red and white collecting, our toy and comic show, that the three of us did go down and do a bit of hunting at. And Carlos sends us a picture, as I, as I detailed last week, that this box is back. And he says, you know, it's right down the road from my parents' place and all this. And he says, here's the card. So I emailed this lady. She says, come by on Saturday. I'll set the garage up. And so I go to this like private collection where she's trying to dump a family member's ex or a family member who had passed away, unfortunately, his collection. And it was just me picking through the, what she had there, black series wise, for the most part. Great prices, willing to make a deal. I picked up the C3PO Red Arm from The Force Awakens, less than 10 bucks. Boba Fett prototype, Walmart exclusive, blue card, hard to get for less than 20 bucks. And a, and a vintage, or not a vintage, um, a variant of the Darth Vader figure that we got in the recent run, but with the transparency on the head, like he's getting electrocuted at the end of Re uh, Return of the Jedi. That's right. Uh, I got that for less than 20 bucks. <laughs> so I couldn't pass this up. I'm holding one. Carlos came by too. And I'm holding the C-3PO. I'm like, I don't even know if I have this. He goes, look, it's less than 10 bucks, man. Yeah. Like, even if you do have it, just yeah. give it away. To yeah. 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 Right? <laughs> Throw it in the kid's toy box. Yeah. So yeah. it was a lot of fun. It's the first time I've ever gone through someone's personal collection just in their garage. And she had it set up really nice. They had all kinds of weird stuff, eh? Like, <laughs> Yeah, weird's a bit of an understatement. But... <laughs> yeah, like kind of weird, like very um, almost pornographic yeah. stuff. There's a few like, yeah, kind of... Risque hentai anime figures. Yeah. Oh, the hentai stuff. <laughs> or like uh, the box of Britney Spears boxed collectibles yeah, I found. Yeah, really weird. Yeah. Huh. But it huh. was a lot of fun to go through it. And while I was there, 
I did pick something up for you. Now, oh. <laughs> it's it's this this guy was a serious Vader collector because you know when we were going through the box, we're like this must be someone's Vader collection. This yeah. is really weird. She confirmed that that was definitely a Vader collection. Oh, that's that had my been, dude right been there. Put out Pete's mail, but yeah. I don't know if you're gonna like this or not. <laughs> Anything Vader, man. But it is something Vader, and it got it on pretty sweet deal. And oh, we're just man. like we got to get this for Troy. So, oh man, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, you have me already. Darth Vader. What? <laughs> Statue s looking thing. What do you mean you don't think I'll like this thing? This is, I don't know. Like this is crazy. What? Oh my god. So this is something that I got an Emmy in my hands right now. <laughs> it's a statue. He'll throw oh. an image up on our Instagram at the NerdRM, and uh, we we're kind of debating because we we're like, oh, we gotta get some for Troy. This is all Vader stuff here, and she had this here, and like, it was like super cheap. But it's just like this Best Buy exclusive Revenge of the Sith Vader statue. And I just could, there's I couldn't turn it down. My man, <laughs> yo, much appreciated. This is, this is looking good. You know what it reminds me of is there was that point where um, obviously I think it was before we had these black series, these six inch black figures or black series <laughs> figures. <laughs> um, but we had those power of the, not the power of the force. It's like the force unleashed. Yes. Remember, yeah. and they were like these statues. They're like six inch statues. I think that's yeah. that's unleashed and, in the front, no. Yeah, that's like there. a super. Yeah, so it looks like yeah, exactly. Because yeah. like they had like the version. little turntables on the bottom. Yeah, right? and you could combine them, so you have like Obi Wan and Anakin go at it. Yeah, or yeah. like they had the mall with like they, they called the it like one. the circle of hate or whatever it was, and he's like had the yeah yeah. Circular... I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These are weird, this is crazy. Yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah, it's like a deluxe version. Oh man, thanks, Best Buy exclusive. Mm. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, there it wow. goes. Wow. Yeah. I love Thank that appreciation. Ah oh, man. Wow. Makes it because that's the thing that that even grabbing that and grabbing this stuff it's like i think for the most part that collection is going to people that appreciate it right yeah and that that to me is the important part of it is like i feel like we plucked that out and kind of saved it from wherever and it's gone to someone that will appreciate it literally forever yeah definitely. um it'll have a nice place in the vader shrine and all that i hope oh man yeah me and my <laughs> daughter too my daughter's an up-and-coming vader fan so i mean shoot only the best after me it's to her that's crazy yeah only the best. thanks man thanks yeah, really cool so, yeah wild weekend it was a it was a ton of fun didn't get on the hunt anywhere else um and it's just again well, i gotta say guys i had that weird epiphany a couple weeks ago a month ago how star wars was out on the outs for me i couldn't get it i can't get enough of it right now <laughs> like and they just announced a few things that we're going to talk about here and if, like from pez to funko pops and all this not announced leaked yeah. i'm the force friday is going to be um i've been thinking ah it's, it'll just be a figure or two my god oh man we're going back to 2015 yeah that's what we got the goddamn batman rolling <laughs> yeah. with us yeah oh man <laughs> into the army yeah literally throw up them bows yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. one before we get to talking about some of these force friday figures and that one thing i want to throw out there guys we threw it up on our instagram and twitter we've got a little bit of apparel now we've got some t-shirts yes. up over at t public um they're you know, there's our logo, there's the We The Nerd on the hunt, and Ain't No Shame in My Figure Game yeah, shirts. <laughs> so, if you want, just type in the Nerd Room, all one word, into Public, or you can link us over on the Instagram or Twitter feed or Twitter post that we put up there. And these are just kind of fun shirts. We wanted something that kind of represented a bit of us. And they're not to make money, but they're just to provide an opportunity to kind of grab some of that, that Nerd Room merch and that and just have wear whatever do whatever you want with i'll probably be grabbing these make sure you grab them on discount though because they're usually like 35 to 50 percent off never pay full price on t public this is again like i said something we want to throw up we threw some variants up there with hashtag stay nerd hashtag we the nerd on the backs nice um so yeah go check that out if you guys want to grab one grab one if not 
whatever. <laughs> I'm feeling it, man. Those designs are dope. The yeah. Four different ones going on. Loving it, dude. Yeah, shout out to, to our, our, our good friend Mark Godsev. He helped me out with, with some of the designs and getting nice. the, uh, the free uh, text and all that, free font. Nice. Um, so, yeah, go check those out if you want. And like I said, if not, just come back here and listen every week. That's all we really yeah. can ask of yeah. you guys. Very <laughs> cool. It's good hunting apparel, man. Yeah. 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 That's, the, that's the key, man. We on the hunt. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be intimidating for Force Friday. It's like gang colors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Speaking of Force Friday, like we said... We've enlisted Carlos. He's coming yes. as the third man yes. for Triple Force Friday. That is on, and I have to clarify you guys this. This is happening, I believe, on the 4th, but that's at midnight on the 4th. And I screwed this up last time we did Force Friday, thinking it was on Friday at midnight for some reason. But no, it's actually Thursday, one minute after Thursday ends. <laughs> so we can't screw that up. But Triple Force Friday, guys, this coming Thursday, as you're listening to this episode on the 26th, over on the Star Wars YouTube channel, they are going to be doing a global reveal of all the merchandise or some of the major merchandise coming out on Triple Force Friday. If you remember back for Last Jedi and The Force Awakens, they have done this. They've set precedence for what they're going to do. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's kicking off at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And basically what they're going to run through is everything we're going to talk about right now. That's been All of it's been leaked. So if you Google Rise of Skywalker Triple Force Friday, you can find more or less anything or hit it up on Reddit. But it's a kind of a fun thing they do. They'll have maybe some celebrities revealing a few things and talking through the Star Wars show guys and all that. Uh, it's just something to kind of build that momentum because we're only a couple weeks out, guys. Not only from Triple Force Friday, but from Joker. Yes. It is going to be a week just to relish in. Is that we get everything from Star Wars to DC. Like, it's so great. And I think it. New York uh, Comic Con is. is coming up yeah. too, right? Yeah, it is. Jeez. So look for more books, more comics. Yeah. Like, we're, we're likely going to get a picture into 2020 for Marvel and DC. Yeah. Which is exciting on the yeah. comics end of things. Black yeah. Series reveals, Legends reveals at these. Yeah. Uh, probably wouldn't expect much from the TV or the film world, but man, collecting and comics. Yeah, well, DC TV usually does stuff at New York Comic Con, so okay. we'll see. Yeah, because they're talking about yeah some of the spinoff shows from Green Arrow and all that recently. So yeah. very exciting stuff, but let's get into some of these figures. This is the yeah. point in the show where our man Sanjay usually kicks back to relax. Oh, yeah. But I know Carlos here. He's going to be contributing. And I got to say, we didn't even mention Sanjay. I don't even know where he is. He just said, we started talking about Superman in the DM. And all of a sudden he's like, Carlos, be on the show. I'm going to be gone. So that was weird. I don't, I don't, honestly, I have no idea where or what he's doing tonight. Just He just yeah. turned on the bat yeah. signal and just <laughs> left. He's a Superman phony, man. I think the whole time he's just been pulling our leg. Yeah, yeah. yeah just as soon, as soon as we get a little bit of pushback yeah. on some comments, it pulls the shoe. See ya, Sunjay. Sonny, I can't do it all. I, I, I can't be the world's finest podcaster. Yeah, I do miss that high pitch, but he will be back, I think, next week. Who I really don't know. He could be yeah. on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> but he was chirping the DM pretty hard this, this, oh, this yeah. week. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Him and I got some words. <laughs> the Civil War has gone beyond Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get that maybe next week. But let's talk some figures here. So, yeah. the rise of Skywalker. We're going to first start with Pops and Pez. We're not going to spend too much time on this. But I got out of the Funko game after the 2015 debacle of Age of Ultron and The Force Awakens. I literally bought everything I get my hands on. I'm, I have a feeling, guys, I don't know if I'm going to need an intervention or what. I'm going back that way. The pops look fantastic for this run. Now, they're all focused. They're all characters we've seen before. 
but we're getting updates to these characters in this film in particular because you go last jedi and you go force awakens a lot of the characters especially our main characters are very very similar looking yeah so our kylo pop didn't differ too much our ray or finn there wasn't a lot going on there's some you get the you know the first order of finn and all that but I'm excited about this because we're getting the Sith Troopers. We're yes. getting the Kylo with the red mask. We're getting Lando Calrissian, old Lando Calrissian. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we go. Ah, it's, it's crazy. We're getting a Mandalorian pop. Like, it, it's it's huge. And then Stu Bach, a big shout out. Yes. He tagged me on the Pez reveal. And you guys know, Mama Pez game. <laughs> the president. <laughs> Mr. President. It's a four-pack, very similar fashion to what they've done for Rogue One, what they did for Solo. It's a first order stormtrooper, Kylo Ma- Kylo Ren with the the red on his mask. Cool. A Sith trooper and a jump trooper, or a, whatever they're called, the flying troopers. I think jump trooper. And yeah, I'm super stoked about this. That's guys. dope. Like, go. I retweeted on the Twitter feed, so go check that out. It's definitely first day. If it's there on Triple Force Friday, after we go through kind of the you know the rumble to get the black series, <laughs> the Pez and the Funkos are going in the cart. For have they sure. have they done a maskless uh, Kylo Ren, uh, Pez? Pez, no, no, no always masks. been the mask, I guess. Yeah, for that always one. been that the mask, sense. and they just did the mask of the Force Awakens. So what we got for the Last Jedi was a Porg. We got Ray, the Praetorian Guards, and the Executioner, uh, First Order Stormtroopers, with a black stripe right across his face. And how about the prequel era? Any the Anakin prequel era, one? yeah, they've got uh, Grievous. They've got a Yoda and the Palpatine that I talked yeah. about last week that I picked up on the Kijiji hunt. That's right. Uh, they've got a um, a Clone Wars, Ahsoka. Luke and Obi Wan. No way, Clone yeah. Wars, Ahsoka. Yeah, so I have to find those. Those are some yeah. of the harder ones to find. Mm-hmm. And they've got a mall, I think. As oh, well. that'd be fresh. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm where I'm heading next. There we go. Yeah, on the yeah. on the Pez collection. But let's talk about some of the six inch black series that we there got this we go. past week. The leaks and some were officially revealed, but the uh, the first thing we're talking about going on Force Friday is we we've touched on it before is these card back variants. We're getting. We got this Mandalorian has like this copper box. Mm-hmm. So head over to Yak Face and all that. They're they're pumping these through Star Wars Action News. They have the images. But what are you thinking? And we've kind of touched on this. If you see this copper Mandalorian box, are you gonna grab it? Or are you just going straight for a proper black series or the white box? <laughs> if if I had the original already, or just that's if, the first if one we, I see. If we the three of us walk yeah. in to Toys R Us. No, shoulder to shoulder, blocking yeah. everyone out, pushing kids over, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> pushing old ladies. <laughs> yeah. um, and you see, you get there, and you see Mando, all three yeah. boxes stacked up one by one. Yeah. Are you going for the consistency in box? Uh, are you going for the copper? Are you going for the white kind of first day of release box? Like, do you care about box variants? I don't feel the white one at all. I think that one I'm gonna stay away from yeah. completely. It just it just throws me off. I have like a white Marvel Legend box with the Venoms. Yes, and they just don't work with like the yellow and blue. They're, anyways, um, I think I'd get the copper. Yeah, I, uh, I me think too. I'd have it's, to pull the trigger on that one. It's pretty dope. I I agree. I don't know yeah. how these are being packed case wise. If you're gonna get a full case of this, yeah, it's either gonna be like Chase, so they're gonna be even harder to get. But this, especially with the Mando figure, yeah. I might end up getting two Mando figures, maybe not that day, yeah. but I'm definitely going for the the copper variant. Would you, if you had the copper, you'd obviously do that in box. Would you ever take? Because you don't take any black series out of the box. No, I've never taken black no, series out of the box. No, no, so it's gonna actually. Be all that's, I had two Kylos. There's a Kylo right there. That's right. The, and then you the have first. the elite one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's gonna be a tough that's one. That's tough. To me. I like. I've already got the plastic anxiety. Yeah. Like it's already like penned up in <laughs> oh, here. Oh yeah. Oh, it, ma- it makes me feel a bit better that Carlos is coming because 
I find that his presence is going to level me off a little bit. <laughs> well, you and I, you and I yeah, can get it. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's just like, all right, which two do you need me to buy yeah. <laughs> on my MasterCard? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be, it's going to be a time though. But uh, also revealed some more exclusives. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Man, he, he's one of your focuses. Yes. Uh, you've been doing, and you've actually done a custom on one of these figures. Both of them, man. They got yes. here. I've done both of them, and they both released now. Yeah, ah, so we've got a UK me. and European ex- ex- uh, convention exclusive, and this is the Yavin Ceremony yes. comic book, like, first of the new Star Wars Marvel on the front page. Mm-hmm. This exclusive box. The box looks great. It comes with the helmet, the, the training ball, yeah. lightsaber, the yellow jacket. Yeah. This, and the text, the Obi Wan yeah, text, the Obi Wan, right? the Obi Wan journals. Yes. And what are you thinking about this? It's gonna be tough to get, but it's oh. awesome looking. Yeah, this is my favorite Luke of all time. Luke in the yellow jacket at the end of Episode Four. I've, oh, I have a thing with like the motorcycle jackets. I love them. Seen so, you know, Luke <laughs> is just like the best. But then when the 2015 comic came out, you had that spread cover with him yeah. and the white background and the rest of the crew. Love that look. Um, it's unfortunate because it's gonna be a pain to get yes it's it gonna be really tough to get this figure we could maybe enlist a few of our friends yeah. from across the way in the yeah. commonwealth maybe yeah. rob mark or someone like that might just have to man to uh it's dubaka maybe Stu. yeah maybe Stu, what do you do i think yeah. Stu's over there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he's in the uk yeah because yeah, 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 he always has those great uh photographs too of yeah and know. i get weird twitter like his twitters will show up at like three in the morning that's right <laughs> yeah yeah that uk time yeah yeah so, uh, so yeah you're down to try and get it too yeah if i yeah. can get it at retail yeah, for sure. I'm not paying the two, three hundred bucks for no, these convention exclusives. No. Like it's nuts. Do you think we'll get this one though released without the variants or the accessories? Because they did it with Thrawn and they did it with uh, Empire Han. Yeah, they've jacket. done it with almost every single one of these. Exactly. So that you won't get the accessories. You'll yeah. just get probably the lightsaber and maybe a, a Yavin medal. Yeah, which I'm fine with. But I, yeah, so if you can't get this, usually these drop in the normal Black Series run. That's right. Uh, I don't think there has been really any exclusive I can think of off the top of my head, at least, and correct me, guys out there, that have been released that were just pure exclusives. It's more the box and the packaging that's the exclusive, right. not the figure not itself. The figure itself. Um, I'm wondering too, going forward with these waves, if we're gonna get those um, stands. I don't know if you know. No, okay. Yeah, with the, the foot Obi- in sand. Oh, they're awesome. Are it they? came with Obi Wan. Yeah. And I don't know if it came with There's another a storm one. Stormtrooper, it came the with. Stormtrooper. And yeah. they're great. Like, I popped them in the other day, and, like, you can do so much with them. Mm. So well, I like to see that going forward. That's the thing that, and I don't know if any of the DC figures have this, that Black Series and Legends are missing for the price point. They should have, like, a peg stand or yeah. a foot stand of some sort. Because, like, like, I was telling this to Carlos before we were uh, recording here. I have the Marvel Legends up behind me, and I just drop one, and like the cascaded domino effect. Yeah. And like any collector that puts stuff on shelves can appreciate that. Yeah. That yeah. It's such a precarious. You're like reaching over, and like yeah. the shield falls off, and you're trying to get your hand under there. But I don't have like I'm sure I can buy some, but yeah. it'd be nice if it came in the pack. Well, for sure. I mean, you know that 40th anniversary Vader that we got in the box that came with like a cool four stands. Yeah. Which was great, and those are really cool stands, and they have a cool like look to them. Um, but the clear one that just came out recently with the uh, Stormtrooper and Kenobi is fantastic. I'd just love to see more of those. Yeah. I, I know even the DC animated figures that I have, I believe those come with stands too. Yeah, the DC Direct stuff yeah. comes with stands, but not the stuff from Hasbro. Ma- Mattel. Oh, Mattel, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it yeah. just seems like a weird blind spot. Yeah. Like it's just a hunk of plastic, really. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And especially because these are collector focused. Like, I don't know how many kids are buying like thirty dollar action figures, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to play with. But I don't know. Let's talk about this other Luke here, yes. Jedi Knight Luke. Now we've seen the Luke Skywalker in not with his head sculpt, but basically in the all black from the end of Return of the Jedi. That's right. Now we have a Luke from the start of Return of the Jedi with the brown cape tunic. Yeah, like he has a tunic. Yeah. Yeah, no glove. Yeah, no yeah, glove. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, not yet. Very Anakin Lake almost from episode yeah. three. Yeah, new and different head sculpt. Yes. Uh, updated from that version that we got in the blue card back. <laughs> Again, these updated sculpts are looking fantastic. Best looking Luke's I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so this is a Walmart exclusive. So hopefully we see this up here. Uh, the Walmart exclusives are kind of hit and miss in Canada. You think it might be the Toys R Us here then? Because remember the cap was a Walmart, and then we can only find them in Toys R Us here. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it might be that. Because, yeah, the exclusives in Canada vary a bit. Usually, like, somewhere between Target and Walmart, we get them at Toys R Us. Yeah. And EB Game picks up some of them. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll see it here. Uh, it's probably, I don't know if it's going to be at that $36 price point if it's an exclusive. Because mm -hmm. that's what, you know, the Mim Bam Stormtrooper and a few others were at that yeah. high price point and we just had to sit on, right? That's right. I don't know if you're going to be able to, are you going to be able to sit on this Luke if it's $36.99? Uh no, thirty six ninety nine. I'll pull the trigger on this week. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you the, the two. I'll give you the yeah, two bucks. I'll break the rule. Yeah, <laughs> especially just for the lightsaber alone, because we haven't had enough green lightsaber Luke. There's thousands. Like like Ray's been packed with Anakin and Luke's lightsaber, right? So we have like different Rays with that lightsaber, different Lukes with the blue lightsaber, and different Anakins with that lightsaber. But the green is like we only got it the one time. Yeah, with the Luke that you mentioned from two thousand fourteen. Yeah, I don't have it out here. It's the blue box. I'll have to pull it out. Yeah, it's it's a nice figure, but the head sculpt is uh, leaves a bit to be desired. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So exciting stuff there in the in the Black Series. And as we count down towards not next week but the week after Triple Force Friday, I'm I'm peeking out on both anxiety when it comes to the plastic, <laughs> but also the collecting. Like I'm having fun again collecting stores even though the shelves are bare yeah. taking kind of your mantra ain't no shame <laughs> in your figure game that i found other avenues with kijiji with yes. you know the support of cars you sent me another list of a friend today yeah that's kind of dumping some star wars stuff so the stuff i gotta tell you before we, before you leave here about some of the random stuff and it's just it's been kind of a, i've never really collected this way and it's been a lot of fun that it's, I'm not relying on store shelves yeah. and walking in just seeing the barren shelves and all that. Yeah. It's kind of somewhat depressing from a collecting standpoint. So it's been, I've had a blast actually the oh, last yeah. couple of weeks yeah. just kind of picking through collections. And we've been having a blast because I've been doing it with you guys too, which is fun. Yeah, it's fun filling holes and yeah, get some deals. and Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's um, And it's something that I think that I didn't fully appreciate that like the Kijiji hunt too. I, I'm freaking loving it. Well, and you guys have been knocking it out of the park with some of your finds. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cheapest collector alive. <laughs> that's not a bad thing, though. It's And that's what, like, when we went into this, this bargain sale in this lady's garage, I just grabbed everything that I wanted, added it up in my head, and I immediately took, like, 25, 30 bucks off the top end of it. And I did grab, actually, some figures for our boy Chop Rules over at Tumbling Saber. I grabbed them a Greedo and a Princess Leia. She had decently priced, but again, I cut 20 bucks, 25 bucks off what she wanted for them, and she took it. Yeah. And well. so it's it's all about just, you know, having that ability to haggle a little. And, like, in, in hindsight, should I have went more? Probably. Because she was very motivated to get this stuff out of a garage. But it's good. Like, you, you set up a relationship, and 
now you, you have a whole pipeline, right? Yeah, like it's great. Like I said, I drive by there three times a week, so whatever. So if I yeah, need to stop. <laughs> I might uh, for those of you in the game, and if you're looking for anything Black Series specific, just just shoot me a DM or whatever, and I'll send you the couple of pictures that we had. I don't mind picking up because this is one thing we've done. We've within the community here, we've established kind of a nice pipeline across the country, at least here and into the states. I've even sent stuff to our friends in the UK, some of the exclusives here that you couldn't get. And so we're always trying to help out fellow collectors here. Now, before we head over to the DC world, if I take a quick, 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 quick pit stop over at the MCU, you know, it's really calmed down in that space here. We don't have any expected trailers. We don't know many more, no more films for the rest of the year. We've come off that peak. You know, I'm still riding that end game. They, they have this, op, this, this way, Marvel Studios, though, of making sure you never forget about the MCU. Always alive. Yeah. We're not, we don't have a film now. I don't, I think until May of next year. Wow. Black probably, Widow? Yeah, Black Widow. Probably the biggest gap in MCU films that we've had probably since the end of phase one. If not, no, because that was a year after. It would have been between probably 2008 Iron Man and 2010 Iron Man 2 was the biggest gap we ever had between MCU films. And so it's only, it's less than a year but still a pretty big gap for the MCU. But what they've done here is that they've officially released the Infinity Saga trailer that was shown, I believe, at D23 or at San Diego Comic-Con 2019. And what this is accompanying, as was predicted, is an Infinity Saga box set, 23 film box set, that will be dropping likely before Christmas, would be my guess. Yeah. Um, it's no price tag, but just if you do the math, you're looking between eight hundred and a thousand dollars, especially if they're four K for this yeah. box set. Well, a bunch of them will be the first time in four K, right? Yes. So yeah. we've just been getting the runs through Sanjay through the Steel Books on the first Avenger, Iron Man, all that in four K. But there's a whole bunch in between there that aren't released in four K. I don't even think like Civil War and that are have been released on four K. Yeah, and uh, ones that didn't have Steel Book releases too, I guess. Yeah. Well, Civil War, we had the Steelbooks. Yeah, we got the Steelbook for Civil War. Yeah, but not the 4K. Oh, but not the 4K. I don't think there. 4K was a thing in late 2016. Oh. Yeah, no, because I got that Steelbook in yeah. just right. regular. Yeah. Right. BVS so, was uh, 4K, though, wasn't it? Maybe the extended 16. cut re-release. Yeah, okay, yeah, good call. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they released a trailer with this thing. Yeah. And I don't know who cuts their trailers. But like I have a tendency to watch them over and over and <laughs> over again. They just—I don't know about you guys—you feel the same way. But to me, they just invoke this like like just emotion, yeah. this sort of reaction where I'm like, everything. Though when you watch the trailer, did you catch? So Downey speaks through all most of it, and then you get a bit of uh, Paul Bettany's vision towards the end. But I couldn't tell if they're splicing together new lines from Downey that he had recorded in there, oh. because even towards the end, he's like, you know, it's now it's now a universe or even bigger and there's like certain cues they use through here because he basically when he's talking he's telling kind of the story like and some of it's from iron man 3 like mm. where he says you know let's go wind back to the beginning right. and all this but some of it feels like new lines i don't know you guys everyone go check that out and, and tell me what you think because it feels like Downey's kind of spliced in new lines that i don't remember from any of the films mm. if they are from the films they've done really well to tell the Infinity Saga story through Tony Stark lines. Yeah. yeah. No. It's, it, but I don't know. Like, did it hit you the same way? Like, are you, like, I'm never going to buy this thing. I already <laughs> told my wife. Like, I told her and showed her the trailer. And she's like, oh, it's great. 
and I could see things going in the back of her head. I was like, if you spent a thousand bucks on this, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> but did, did it, did it have any sort of effect on you guys? Or are you kind of over the, the, the infinity saga montage for now? Um, it didn't hit me too hard cause I was, I was already expecting this. I yeah. think we all kind of knew we were going to get some kind of huge, massive like vault collection going on, but, um, no, it didn't really hit me. I felt like if, if it came probably closer to the end game hype, I might've yeah. felt a little bit more, but I'm, I'm Star Wars mode right now, yes, man. I hear so you. it's, yeah. it, it didn't really hit me as hard and I'm more anticipating like a home or far from home right yeah. now. So that's next, where I kind of sit. Next week, no? Uh, yeah, like seven days. Yeah. So no, you're well, not counting, right? Yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah, he needs a third movie for his rotation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Friends of Sith, Homecoming, and now Far From Home. Yeah. Yeah. You no. Feel, you feel this one? Yeah, I love the I love the montage trailer. I think mostly because it's like you can digest the entire MCU in like a 90 second spot. Because yeah. <laughs> like the thought of watching them all again is pretty daunting, and I don't know. Like I've tried to watch a few of them. Again, it's like, oh, I haven't watched Captain Marvel all that much. And it's yeah. just like, oh, man. That's that's like eating plain porridge. It's like, yeah, there, there's something there. And some people might like it, but, oh, I cannot get through. But then, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I, I love that montage. But, man, I'd have a hard time justifying buying all those movies again. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there's even in this, there's some Incredible Hulk love in that montage. <laughs> You get a couple scenes from every movie, including the one that's somewhat forgotten, yeah. but very much propped up and hailed by our friend here, Carlos. Oh, I love that movie. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. 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 No, if... But with this cast to come some incentives, if you're going to drop $900 or whatever it's going to be, $899 on a box set, the majority of the films I actually own twice Yeah. <laughs> because I've gone back into the steelbook mode. Yeah. So when Feige announced this box set, he also said and gave us a, a deleted scene from Iron Man 1 that, like, Troy, for the first time, watched it over my shoulder here, yeah. and he almost fell over. <laughs> so it's a Nick Fury deleted scene from Iron Man 1, from the end, from the stinger, where he says, you're part of a bigger world and all this, right? And join the Avengers, or we all I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. So, but this one, he talks about a basically refer reference to spider-man yeah. getting bitten by radioactive spiders or bugs Bug. i think he refers to yeah. uh gamma he refers to with the hulk yeah. and also mutants yeah this is all in iron man one so i don't know what they were thinking with this you know what we saw on screen was basically just a reference to what's going to come mm -hmm. they didn't know what was coming i don't think but the fact that they recorded him talking about spider-man hulk and the mutants? Oh. Like, yeah. what do you think Feige was thinking? Or what do you think Marvel Studios was thinking at this point in time when they recorded this line? Well, Marvel Studios was being Marvel Studios. They were just like, this is our this is our shop. This yeah. is our bag. And it's like, I don't think they would have any problem moving from Universal to Sony to Disney to produce their films with whatever partner it so required. Yeah. And things just ended up working out differently with the disney acquisition but yeah I, I i love that that's their greatest asset is one that a blind man could see is that they just embrace the source material yeah yeah 100%. and it's like yeah our fans are watching iron man so yeah. okay we've got them here what other hooks could we give them exactly yeah, yeah. and oh brilliant well i find it crazy because obviously me being the spider-man guy that's what i clued into the most because at that point of time then you'd have to assume spider-man exists and well, the only property we had at that time was the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. So it's crazy that they were actually probably thinking that 
crossing the, that path because the thing is remember we were meant to get the Oscorp tower in the Avengers yeah. yeah so there was obviously talks between Sony and well maybe not Disney but uh, Marvel Studios Marvel Studios at that time that we could have possibly had an Andrew Garfield <laughs> Spider-Man show up like that just blows my mind I think that's yeah. so cool and that's something I always wanted at the time the mutants too is just crazy yeah that one because well, you know we all want the X-Men in the MCU right now at this point yeah and it's coming yeah. I think it's to your point there, Carlos, it gives you some early insight as to what they were originally thinking. I yeah. think the runaway success of Iron Man changed their thought process quite dramatically because yeah. we've, we've chronicled this before in retrospectives and that. But basically, they took a $500 million loan from Merrill Lynch to produce their own films because they're tired of Sony and all the Fox and all yeah. that getting all the money for yeah. their IPs. Yeah. And they sold other IPs because the company had gone bankrupt and they yeah. needed to do something. So it was a lifeline that they kind of threw out there. But in hindsight, I don't think it worked for them because look at it now. Yeah. But I think what you're saying there, Carlos, is that they didn't have this idea of a single like line of sight to they're producing all their own films. It's They're going to kind of encompass everything and kind of swim back and claw back Spider-Man and, and the Fox stuff and just include it. Like, don't, they're not worried about the creative control and having a very formulaic type of we're going from A to B to C to D, Avengers, boom, boom, boom. Like they weren't thinking in sort of the sequential storytelling. I think they're just thinking, how can we hook as many people as possible? Yeah. Like honestly, I think that they were just going to be the film studio yeah. and then sell the distribution to each different major film studio, right? Yeah. So it's like, which is kind of what they did because Incredible Hulk was universal. So Universal right. distributed it. And then they did Iron Man with Paramount. And yeah. then it wasn't until the Avengers that Disney actually bought the distribution because I think Universal was in the hopper to distribute that movie. Yeah. Or at least it distribute half Paramount. of it. So okay. Paramount had the rights to, they had some deal up until I believe Iron Man 3. They had the the exclusive rights to distribute it. Right. Um, and they actually had to pay, after they bought the Marvel, they had to pay Paramount to distribute Iron Man, I think Avengers and Iron Man 3. Yeah. Is when they kind of bought in the bids there. So there's a whole crazy history there, but this gives a lot, a different insight. They always portray it as they had this vision from the beginning. And I don't think until Iron Man debuts at $98 million in the first weekend, went on to make some crazy gross that was unexpected for yeah. a character that not a lot of people knew about. No, nope. he's a robot. Yeah, that really <laughs> changed. And I think they'd step back and said, okay, who do we have? Like they talked about the Avengers all the way back in the 2006 STCC. Yeah. And they're talking about putting all this together. But like that like this is it's kind of a cool little piece of insight. And it makes me wonder what else they're gonna include on this. Like hmm. if you're talking incentives and insight into the MCU, this box set might be it. Fingers yeah. crossed it ends up on YouTube. Because yeah. there's no friggin' way. <laughs> I'll be yeah. curious to see because the previous phases had like sets that were built around a, a nice collectible, right? So yeah. you had like the Tesseract case Yeah, and it's the... right down there. Oh, yeah, there right you there. go. Yeah. Right and then back. like the the orb. The, the Guardian's orb, right? Yeah. So phase three hasn't had one. Nope. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they do there. I don't mm. know. It's in, I The orb, I, that's when I step back because my wife got me that. A friend of ours worked at a, a company that basically sold movies, like sold DVDs and all that. Oh, okay. And got that like f like hot off the press. Nice. The Tesseract, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a really cool set. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to at least seeing what comes off that. Because yeah. yeah, like I said, this box set's not landing in my lap anytime soon. <laughs> cool box art too. You got the Infinity Gauntlet on there. 
But uh, let's 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 take that opportunity now here, guys, and move on to some discussion around two of the biggest DC characters, both Superman and the goddamn Batman, <laughs> world's finest. <laughs> so last week we talked about Bendis moving towards, or at least some of the solicitations moving towards and hinting towards the idea that Superman was going to reveal his identity in a Lois Lane comic here in December. And we kind of fired back and forth some of our thoughts. And, you know, me being the non-DC reader, I expressed this issue I've had with Superman about him not being as relatable to me and, my, in my personal opinion, more difficult to write. Now, that, and I, I always love this, guys, is that we talk about this and you guys are thinking about it when we're talking about it. You want to be a part of the conversation. That's what we always say. You want to be part of the conversation, email us. We had a listener email us in to talk about that. And it was it's so funny and how much of a giant coincidence life is sometimes because basically in the DM, Carlos puts in and says, you know, I'd love to talk to you guys a bit more about Superman. And then Sanjay says, well, I'm out. <laughs> up, up Carlos, you hop in. And then we got this beautiful email uh, from a listener here kind of detailing a similar idea about wanting to talk about Superman in a bit more detail. So that's what we're going to do here. And Carlos is going to enlighten us a bit here after we kind of get through this uh, bit of listener feedback about some of his thoughts on that conversation from last week. Because, again, the idea of iterative conversations in this is what this is all about. It's like you're sitting around the table with your boys, which yeah. we're doing right now, talking nerd, debating this stuff. So yes, it's great to right. bring in a fresh yeah, perspective. On a character like Superman, because Sanjay really dropped the ball for you. <laughs> yeah, you know he's supposed to represent <laughs> DC, and uh, it came up on. a little yeah. short. It's like, <laughs> yo, it's got to go past Aquaman <laughs> if you're gonna hold down this chair. <laughs> so yeah, it's in quite the chairs in question right now because right now there's uh, there's yeah. someone sitting in here. Jim Lee, <laughs> Jeff Johns. Dan Didio and myself were having some discussions as to uh, <laughs> Sanjay's standing. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a DC card that may be pulled. <laughs> we will see. So I want to get this. This is the, we might break this down in a few different pieces because um, he does go into a lot of detail here, which is absolutely fantastic, and shows the passion behind this character for individuals that aren't me. <laughs> so, so that's really nice. So off the top here, I love this show. It's a really highlight of my week. We really appreciate that, by the way. Uh, I recently shared some of my Star Wars Hot Toys uh, in our DM, in our Instagram DM. So he's got some awesome stuff, oh. too. Fantastic there. So he's another, and he's a big lover of Superman. So I thought I should have some input in the conversation regarding Superman comics from the last show. So that's last week, guys. Go check that out. It's my belief that Superman actually isn't that hard to write. I grew up watching Lois and Clark and the comics from that era, which was soon after the John burn reboot they're fantastic they heavily lean on superman's supporting cast which is fantastic and i feel like this is something which superman comics have forgotten about when it comes to some of the ideas you guys floated a lot of them have actually already been done before you mentioned about the cap story where he feels disillusioned by the usa and this has been done to death with superman in the books including him renouncing his american citizenship a few years ago and the much in the much maligned superman grounded series well he's canadian anyways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to superman's identity being revealed this was actually tackled as recently as the new 52 run when the whole world knew that clark kent was superman i didn't know that yeah i yeah. didn't like that run at all <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so DC has been weird, has a weird habit of repeating these things. The real highlight for me was the Dan Jurgen run on Superman Rebirth. It's also refreshing to go back to and focusing on Superman's interactions with his cast. And I feel the group really got to, and I feel 
really got to grips with things that I love most about the character. Superman Rebirth number seven is an absolute masterpiece in my mind. We'll wait for your comment on that because you're nodding your head. Uh, having enjoyed this run so much, I was incredibly disappointed that Bendis decided to age up John so quickly. We'll have to get some context to who the hell John is. <laughs> um, so Jeff Johns and Richard Donner's fantastic book, Superman Last Son, which, in which Lewis and Clark adopted Zod's son and named Christopher Kent. He was soon aged up as well. So either Bendis didn't know this or thought we wouldn't remember. Superman can be a fantastic character. Checked out anything by Dan Jurgen's work or Jeff John's run from The Last Son through to Superman Brainiac for some of my personal favorites. And for a really delightful 90s romp, Superman Doomsday Hunter Prey. So thank you very much for the feedback. I think it's great that there's people out there. Of course there's people out there. This guy, this is the, the oldest superhero that have this passion. Now, Carlos, can you just enlighten me a little bit on some of this? Do you fall in line with some of the comments here? Dan Jurgen's run, um, some of the stuff that we talked about last week about him being difficult to write. What are, what are your kind of general thoughts on both this listener feedback as well as some of your own thoughts from the discussion last week? Yeah, 100%, like just kind of high level. Um, but I think the listener feedback is completely accurate. And I think the difference between Superman and other characters is that his best stories aren't about him and who he can get into punch-ups with. Yeah. They're about us. So Superman's best stories aren't ones that are built to be put out in trades. They're ones that kind of unfold slowly and are told via his interactions with his supporting cast and via Lois and via how he inspires people to be better. And... I, I think kind of the problem that they run into when they make movies about them and when um, they really swing for the fences with the, some of the uh, special edition books and mm -hmm. the, and big um, event stories is that they always go for the, like Messiah Superman, which is that's kind of almost the least interesting Superman. That's the one I struggle with. Because the most interesting Superman or the the absolute truth about Superman is that he is the guy that can do anything and he's built to be the most powerful entity in our world. And in our world, if you are that person, you'd probably be malevolent, but he's a good guy because he chooses to be mm -hmm. because he's just a decent dude. And cause he was raised by these farmers in Kansas and he's aspirational and like, I can't tell you how great like some of those Dan Jurgens runs were where like they were putting out an awesome Superman book every single week and then they'd pay off like weeks and months and years later like I remember buying a book from a grocery store and I was like ah oh, why is Superman with this like weirdo Fantastic Four and it was like essentially a riff on the Fantastic Four where these guys go out into space they like they mutate into different <clears throat> different powered individuals and one guy's kind of this cyborg guy and he's mad because Superman's not saving his wife. And they kind of all end up dying and Superman has a hard time reconciling that. And then the books kind of play out. And then almost a couple of years later, Superman dies. And then Cyborg Superman shows up. And then it's revealed that the Cyborg Superman is a consciousness of this astronaut right. from this book years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. who was still angry at Superman for not saving his family and his friends. And so he decides to destroy his legacy by becoming the cyborg Superman. And it just, it's amazing because Superman's books are all relationship based 
and despite being as powerful as he is, um, that's the most compelling part of the story. Like he talks about, I think that arc that he's talking about where Superman renounces his American citizenship is called Grounded. Yeah, that's what he said in here, yeah. And the premise of the book, or of that, that run, is that Superman decides to walk across America. And so he refuses to fly. And like at first the reporters are hot on his heels and they're like, oh, why aren't you flying? And we think that you've lost your powers. And like there's this guy who's supposed to be kind of Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News. And he's like, no, I haven't lost my powers. He's like, no, you've lost your powers. Why aren't you flying? I'm calling you out. And he's like, okay, how do you feel about 10,000 feet? And so he grabs him, flies him up 10,000 feet and comes back down. I haven't lost my powers. I'm doing this for reasons kind of thing. And it's about his journey across America interacting with people. And it's just whatever situation he comes um, face to face with, he, he just deals with as they come up. So he goes and he's eating lunch and people are complaining about drug dealers in tenement houses. So he goes and confronts the drug dealers, but refuses to break the law and dealing with them. So he has this interaction with them and ends up burning their drug stashes from afar without violating their <laughs> rights against search and seizure. <laughs> and then like a couple issues later, there's a lady who's going to, um, jump off a building and so he flies up to speak to her and she's like well you have to promise me because you said that you never lie and promise me that if I jump you won't catch me and so they show like the angst in his face and he's like okay fine but I'm staying with you and half the book is just him talking to this lady oh, yeah. and yeah. trying to convince her that there will be another good day and that good day is worth living for and eventually she kind of jumps out into his arms and That's gives right. him a hug and That's stuff right. like that. And so he's an amazing character. And then outside from that, like people might think that that stuff gets boring. Um, he has his powers and yeah, they're great. Um, but he's not that Silver Age Superman where I think the whole overpowered argument comes from where you can move planets and yeah. blow night into day and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like that was all done in 1986. Like mm-hmm. when... John Byrne rewrote the character, all that stuff got erased. So he, his power set is somewhat finite now. And like, he can be, he can be hurt by just sheer brute force by characters like Doomsday or Bizarro or overwhelmed by characters like Darkseid and the hordes of apocalypse. There's magic is a vulnerability for him. He's susceptible to telepathic attacks, things of that nature. So there's lots of stuff that you could, do with mm-hmm. Superman to make interesting and compelling movies and like I think probably the best encapsulation for him is Superman the animated series so mm. it's like they had three seasons of a show that they did with that plus they spun it out into Justice League so yeah. it'll give you a pretty good idea yeah, yeah. That, gives, that gives me a new appreciation just that grounded story <clears throat> is something that I'm likely going to pick up because I think that's something that I've never really appreciated about Superman, and that's his supporting cast. Yeah. People around him and him have, like, I think of it as very much that 1986, like, punch him up, you know, ultimate Superman, I'm a god, I can do whatever I want. And that's where my the mentality of, of my kind of thought process goes with regards to Superman is that I just... I don't find that, and that's what I was questioning, the relatability of the character and how do you write it. But it sounds like there's lots of stories here, and both from the listener feedback and from you, expanding on some of that, that this is the essence of the character. Yeah. like <laughs> Is the relatability in the personal relationships. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like the, like I said, like if you're the most powerful being on the planet, when you choose to be a good guy, yeah, that that's a huge thing, right? And so then 
every threat that comes might not be something that can hurt you, but that can hurt and affect the world around you, right? Like they, there was a beautiful story called, uh, I think it was called Superman, The Power of Hope, done by Alex Ross, and he decides to just feed the world for a day. And then, but it shows all the problems that he runs into trying to do that with like corporate bureaucracies or like he goes into um, a dictatorship and as he's bringing in like the grain and whatnot, the army decides to blow it out of his hands kind of thing. And then he's stuck with, what do I do, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's Superman. He could kill this dictator and destroy the armies if he wanted to, but he can't because it's not the right thing to do because it's not his world to run type of thing. So, And that might be, again, it's a good point because that's something that, you know, that underlying theme about the choice to not basically run the world. Like you go back even to the nightmare scene in B versus S where he chooses to be essentially the dictator, right. And run yeah. the world. And he's actively having to resist that and not influence everything. Cause realistically, like that's the question you ask. Like, and I think this is even brought up in some of the films is why don't you end famine? Why don't you end whatever? Right. And this is yeah. a common question, but like that's taking away the will of the individual and of the you know human existence right if he's controlling all of that what does that do for the evolution of the human being right it kind of stops that yeah like i read i think it was in his autobiography like grant morrison wrote about an experience where he he's like this guy caught his eye at a convention because he was like a very handsome man but he's sitting there dressed as superman on a stoop and he's like yeah and this is grant morrison who writes some pretty angsty stuff <laughs> and he's like Oh, Superman wouldn't be this tortured individual. He'd be the happiest guy on the planet. And that's why he wants to do the good things that he's doing. And that's why he wants to bring us all up so that we can appreciate the world um, for what it is and see it as he sees it, which is something that I actually played with a little bit in the Christopher Reeves movies. Yeah. Um, and even like Man of Steel, like they came, 100%. They came close to a lot of those things, but. Like, there's a few creative choices that I think people miss some of those pieces to it or um, couldn't get there with it. So, yeah, I, I'd be curious to see what they could do with some of that foundation they built if they wanted to go that way. But it's, for whatever reason, they, they're reluctant to just embrace, like, that all-around good guy yeah. aspect of them. And, like, even I watched an interview with George Miller, and the first thing was, is, like, well, how do we how do we torture this guy? Like, how do we ha- give him the crisis of faith? It's like, well, why don't you show the world around him yeah. struggling to be better and you know actually have that symbol of hope thing and that people will race behind him and um, try to be like him because if the most powerful guy in the world is not being a dick to people, then hey, maybe yeah. we shouldn't be dicks to each other yeah. either. There you go. <laughs> Trudy, you any thoughts on either the feedback or what Carlos was talking about or Superman in general, having some of this contextualized a little bit? I know you do read Superman. You have read Superman on used and off. To, used to. Yeah. 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 I feel you guys on the, that one run that ended that started off uh, the rebirth one, right? We had a young John. Yes. And he's already yeah. merged. Well, we have Clark white just merging with the new 52 Superman, right? That's how it starts off with the rebirth. Yeah, so like he lost the, his powers. The Clark White is like the traditional Superman. Yeah. So that's like the so eighties guy. Yeah, so yeah. like nineteen eighty six John Byrne and it's funny because like at the time, like that was pretty maligned and people were pretty opposed to them doing away with the the ultra powerful um like infinity gauntlet Superman. And <laughs> um he he was a lot more grounded and had like 
hard limits to his powers and all that kind of stuff. So, um, the Superman from that run, yeah, or that like Clark White Superman, yeah, is that Superman? Yeah, because he lived in the New Fifty Two world. While yeah, the younger New Fifty Two Superman was doing his thing. He's in the background, kind of yeah. watching, right? Yeah, it was a yeah. bit of. I don't. They didn't want that to be the case. Yeah, but a bit. Yeah, so New Fifty Two Superman was he. He was the weakest link to that. That's messy. Yeah, like people really, really hated New Fifty Two Superman. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what was it about the New Fifty Two Superman that people didn't like? He's kind of like edgier and a bit more standoffish and, uh, yeah, okay. and he's a bit more prickly and so they moved away yeah. from kind of the base essence that you guys have been talking about here yeah like that like what is at the core what the character is yeah uh, and you seem i guess i could see where people that have been reading superman for a long time wouldn't like that and newcomers may not find him as endearing of a character totally yeah. right interesting yeah i don't know i think for me personally what this conversation has done is maybe kind of rethink and that's what i love about stuff like this rethink this character so i think if i can get this superman grounded i would think this is the one that really caught my eye yeah and after reading it here from the listener question or feedback and then you kind of elaborating on it a little bit this is something that i need to help me understand superman yeah, one, it, it, it's a good starting point because he he's actively resetting his paradigm mm-hmm. in the world. So, And that also might be why New 52 Superman was <laughs> so maligned because it's like they came off that run and it was shortly after that yeah. that they went into New 52. Okay. And it's like we all just fell in love with this character and now <laughs> we have this like... And, you know, I didn't hate New 52 Superman, but um, he, he wasn't classic, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I because I, I started with him when my boy John Romano Jr. came on the art, mm. and it's cool because Superman had an, there's another alien that came on board and they kind of fought there alongside each other and um, yeah, and then eventually Superman got a new power. It's basically like a solar flare and yeah. it used up a lot of energy. And when he used it, he lost his powers. And then there was that unreveal. Um, basically, his identity was revealed. I think Jimmy let it slip or something. Yeah. Right, is that was a Just weird story. That's when, that, Jimmy, <laughs> but that's when DC was switching up because DC did the DCU where Commissioner Gordon was now Batman. Uh, everybody knew who Clark Kent was as Superman. I think Wonder Woman was off doing something. They tried switching everything up. Well, separate. that was the thing because like Azarello's Wonder Woman run was oh, separate, so, right? And so it, yeah, they're like, we don't want to have anything to do with New Fifty Two continuity. Yeah, and so Azarello refused to have her dating Superman like they were doing oh, yeah, in the main bro- books. Yeah, and they refused to acknowledge anything in Justice League. But at the end of the day, like New Fifty Two, you yeah. look back like that was the book. Like that was the best thing that came out of that was that. Well, Wonder Woman, well right? Batman and, and and Wonder Woman. Yeah, right. Azarello. Yeah, but yeah. with Batman, it was like the. <laughs> they got gun shy and they didn't reboot them, right? So they're just well, like... yeah, they just kept up the Batman Incorporated. <laughs> they basically just kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But th- that's what this stuff's all about, guys. And it's perspective. Yeah. Right? And getting a fresh one. And not always being biased. Sometimes I find myself being a little bit biased towards particular characters. <laughs> and stepping back a little bit. And kind of... This is why I like being kind of called out on stuff like this sometimes. Is that you have the ability to learn different things. And so, again, appreciate the feedback. And, yeah, Superman, recontextualize a bit for me here. I got some work to do, guys. I got yeah. some work to do. Well, so, yeah. your boy Cap, like, that's that's the paradigm for yeah. 
But it's funny because I remember Kevin Feige got asked like, oh, what would you do to fix DC? And like, you could just see him like just grimace because he didn't like being asked, but he's like, they have great characters. They have great stories. They have great history. It's all there. Yes. Yeah, stick he, to it. <laughs> yeah. And ironically he said the paradigm for the MCU is Richard Donner Superman. Mm-hmm. That's what everything we do is based on. So it's like, well, maybe don't try and do the Bible yeah (laughs) just go to your comics yeah well that's the thing you've got like how many decades of source material and just pluck the best thing and that's like what the mcu's done it's just plucked the best stories out of and put them as the baseline the foundation and then just put them into the movie form right like civil war isn't a page for page remake no but the essence of it is there right The, the key characters are over there and it's just adapted in a different way. And I think that's the key thing is adaptation of source material. Mm-hmm. Right? It does not like I'm not looking for a page by page. Like even you look at Endgame and Infinity War, right? There there's nothing in the comics that are like that. No. But it does take a lot of cues from things like Infinity Gauntlet, mm-hmm. from Hickman's run and all that. And that's that's the basis for it, right? Yeah. And you you have the essence of the characters built in yeah. from the source material. No, like I, I think DC's biggest thing is just Warner Brothers needs to just trust the characters. Yeah. There's a reason they've been around for decades exactly. and yeah. decades and yeah. people love them and the S symbol is as recognizable as the cross. Like just trust it and just yeah. let it go. And yeah. You don't need to mix the two. Yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> Superman doesn't no. need to be Jesus. No. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of Christ symbol- symbology <laughs> yeah. in a couple of those movies. But speaking of, of another character in the DC world, that is one of the most prominent, one of the most recognizable characters, even so much so that he gets his own day every single year. It is Batman, the Batman, the Dark Knight. Now, we we celebrated, Carlos, you and I, uh, with a bit of a Star Wars hunt and then a dip back to your place. It's my first time experiencing the Batcave. Yeah. Though, like, (laughs) and the Marvel, like, I tell you guys, like I come into into my nerd room every single day that I'm here. I walk in here, I breathe it in, and I just, <laughs> it's funny because when you go, you listen to Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, you go to his Instagram, he's always spewing off something that is very philosophical to some degree, it's doing a lot of advice and all this, and one thing that's always stuck with me is finding your anchor, right? Something to anchor your day in. And for me, it's I walk in here, I breathe it in, this is the stuff I love, and I just say, okay, like, you know, this is one of my anchors, you know, I have my family and this freaking room, this pot, like all this, I love this stuff. And walking into to your basement, Troy, I'm always just in awe of what you got. <laughs> but I have to tell you, man, oh. you've been in the Batcave. You've been like, oh yeah. Like when you walk in there, I tell you, I, I when I, when I tweet it, like next level collecting if I could have something that looked half as good as like Carlos, oh, thanks, dude, you make me blush. It's 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 a lifelong commitment to doing the thing you love, embracing your passion, and it shows in oh. your collecting room. We do you do hashtag shelf signings every week. Give a little glimpse, guys. That is a mere glimpse into the epicness of what he like. I I just I have almost no words. Like I walked in and I had to have my hands behind. I felt like I was in. A, a museum yeah, just man. beautiful like it but it's just the 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 passion that you've put into this and the time the effort into piecing together a collection like this displaying it the way you do is literally the epitome of the nerd like that that's it's 
I just love it, man. And I yeah. have to thank you for inviting me there and experiencing Batman Day like this. Like, oh, man, but that's what was awesome. Like, I loved that that was, like, my Batman Day, too. It was, like, yeah. the priest at Christmas time. Like, he yeah. doesn't go out and, like, plan stuff. Like, everybody comes to him, yeah. right? So... <laughs> that's awesome. Everybody comes to the church. So... Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you've been in there, too, eh, Troy? Oh, I was blown away. The whole tour is yeah. like MTV Cribs. Yeah, it was. 100%. It was, it was just nuts. Yeah, and um, seeing the Cribs. statue game was crazy. Everything out there was just... The costume, like the bat armor itself. Unbelievable. Oh, man. Unbelievable, yeah. man. It's, it just goes to show that, like, the lifelong commitments and love and... Like it's it's something else, and oh, it's, thanks, it's, man. it's it's something that we're gonna talk about here in a second. We're gonna talk about our Batman stories. We everyone has a Batman story, and I get almost guarantee everyone has a Batman story. Like there's been some involvement with that character. I had to say, you know, Superman might be one of the most recognizable, but I would have to, I would think at least that Batman beyond Marvel and DC has to be one character that people have at least some sort of idea, relationship to, or experience with, whether it's in film, comics, animated series, figures, whatever. This character, I think, has penetrated the majority of the the nerd population for sure, but even the general population. Everyone can tell you about Batman. My daughter, who doesn't want, has never really experienced a lot of DC stuff, can tell you who Superman and Batman are. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. It's because there's a big version for like everybody's formula of years, yeah. right? Like yeah. Batman '66 for kids in the '60s and '70s, Super Friends supplementing that, and then like Batman '89 for '80s kids, yeah. and then like Batman the Animated Series oh, yeah. '90s kids, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, and then you get into the Dark Knight stuff, and yeah. like the, so it's it's crazy. But we're gonna get a new iteration of of Batman, the Batman coming yes. from Matt Reeves in 2020, June 25th, no 2021. Uh, so this is a few years out, but we're already starting to get hints of casting news from this. Mm. It was very exciting. And I was expecting maybe a little bit of something dropped on Batman Day, maybe a new bat symbol or something from Matt Reeves. Nothing, but this stuff came out not too long after. So maybe they're trying to get something together. But the Hollywood Reporter, a very reliable source. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the source. Yeah. yeah. They're Warner Brothers PR, essentially. More or less <laughs> here. So they announced that Jeffrey Wright of Westworld, and I believe he's going to be the voice of the Watcher on the What If series. Oh, nice. Disney yeah. Plus as well. So, nice little little, little uh, tie there. He is apparently in talks for Robert Pattinson's The Batman, Matt Reeves' The Batman, to play the role of Commissioner Gordon. Yes. That is fantastic casting. Yeah. yeah. I love that. A little bit of an A. He's a little older looking too, right? He's not... Even Gary Oldman in that role, I think in The Dark Knight and that, he looked... He played a little like early to mid 40s. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright. It depends on what they do with him, but he does look kind of pushing into that the early 50s yeah. with a somewhat younger batman too in, in robert uh, pattinson yeah well right. and he looks like he's had the time to be like police commissioner yes. right yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah like, he just didn't get thrown into it well they cheated it in the dark yeah. night because yeah. yeah like you say gary oldman skewed a bit young so jk was pretty old jk was like on his way out basically yeah that's kind of how it yeah. came yeah. across yeah. Right? but batman yeah. was very old in exactly that too. this is the first time yeah. we're getting kind of a, an older Commissioner Gordon, if Jeffrey Wright is cast, yeah. and a younger like Robert Batson, like he doesn't look much past twenty five or whatever, right? Like he's not. And depending on how they do his his facial hair and all that, like maybe he could push thirty, but he's a younger. Yeah. Maybe he's changed a little in the last little bit, but I think he skews younger. Well, I think they said they're going for a thirty year old Batman, yeah. which is cool because that's very faithful to the comics. Because yeah. by the time yeah. he dons his suit, he is like thirty. Oh. And know, like, so. but Bale to me skewed older. Like he skewed like a mid forties. 
Batman to me. Even, even going back to Begins? Maybe not so much Begins, but because he had the long hair in front of his face yeah, and all. They yeah. tried to... De- but Bale, I think, was quite young when he was cast, but he always, to me at least, he always looked Yeah, older. he presented the right. truth. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. So what are, yeah. You, what are your thoughts, Troy, on, uh, on Jeffrey Wright here? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think this is great. I, you know, I, I actually really like this stuff in uh, Hunger Games, too, and Westworld, yes. obviously, as well. It's a fantastic actor. Um, I guess this confirms, I mean, if he's cast, it's a reboot. Like, this is nothing yeah. to do with the DCU. I think this Have is the be. beginning of the end. Have to be. Yeah, like, from what I understand, they're just going to X-Men continuity it. Yeah. So when they want them to connect, they'll connect. And when yeah. they don't, they don't. Like, I don't, like, people are really hung up on the, the MCU model. Mm-hmm. But I think that's gone, like, I would, I would almost say that they're going for a full-out reboot. But then all the rumors that Ezra Miller is going to be the Flash. Yeah. So if you're going to commit to nobody's favorite part of Justice League, then... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Why, like, I I can't say that Henry Cavill is going to be thrown out at this point in time. Like, if they were recasting Flash, it'd be like, oh, yeah, they're just going to finish off Aquaman and Wonder Woman and everything will be new. But they've got some good pieces that are working, like yeah. Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and... One Roman and Aquaman, so yeah, like why not just cheat it? And it's like, well, yeah. at this at this point too, it's yeah, just whatever. This yep. day's yeah. a future bastard. Just yeah. do whatever you got to do and just make it work. Well, yeah. Is it possible? I mean, because you know, if if they are starting fresh with this Batman, could the success of Joker be you know the first in that whole Batman series? Like, would they be willing to go that way? No, I don't think so. And and especially with like kind of some of the conversations around Joker and stuff. Like I don't, I don't agree with it, but I think that will reaffirm their commitment to just having it as a one and done. Right. And I don't think Phoenix will come back. Like, no, no, I think he's done with it. Yeah. We talked about this in the past and you're quite a proponent of this, Troy, is that the only reason they got him is because he could sign one One. contract (laughs) for one film. Well, that's why like that was the word why he didn't want to do Doctor Strange, right? Exactly. Because didn't want to show up that forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that commitment. So that's really cool casting. And they're also talking, and this is another one that kind of, like, I think he's been rumored for quite some time in and out, but Variety was reporting that Jonah Hill, you know, uh, from everything from Superbad to Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. two-time mm-hmm. Academy Award nominee yeah. also, uh, they're talking about him filling in a villain role. And then we've heard that this Matt Reeves Batman is going to have quite a few villains in it. Mm-hmm. And we've been we were talking in the background here about who he could be. Everyone's pegging him for either Penguin or the Riddler. Yeah, yeah. Um, very different looks. But Jonah Hill one day could look one way, and then I swear two weeks later looks completely different human. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that guy fluctuates in size like crazy. When the coffee cup picture, he's like yeah. he's pretty jacked. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I, it's crazy how much he fluctuates here, yeah. but. Great actor can yeah. fill anything from a comedic role to a dramatic role and anywhere in between. In between, and so I'm excited to see what he can do here. But what are you guys thinking for villain? Are, do you think they're going to go with the obvious and go back to a penguin or a riddler? Because you look at the the latest iterations of of Batman beyond the Schumacher and Burton era, we really haven't seen a character, I guess, besides Bane and Joker, revisited in any capacity. Uh, we haven't seen another. I guess we got Catwoman too. So yeah. kind of. Yeah. Well, I guess live action, like the Gotham Penguin, was actually pretty well received. Yeah, he know? was actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd probably between those two, I'd rather see him as the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of go for that vicious Arkham yeah. style Penguin, um, and like 
one of my favorite things that they actually did in the Batman um, animated series was that he was almost like the counterpoint to Bruce Wayne, where mm-hmm. they were both kind of the golden sons of Gotham. But yeah. Oswald was kind of the, the kid that he was, and Bruce was the kid that uh, we know him to be. So something like that could be neat, where he's yeah. kind of the flip side of Batman, and where it's not as overt as the Joker. Yeah. Could be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of feeling the, the idea of Riddler. I've been wanting Riddler back on the screen. I wanted Riddler in the Nolan verse. Mm, yeah. Um, but I can see the similarities between Joker and all that and like a bit of what they did with Bane and you don't want to be rehashing some of the stuff even from the Scarecrow and that. Right. But I like the idea of this like super kind of mentally twisting kind of inception type yeah, of Riddler type stuff going yeah. beyond like the Jim Carrey wacky like <laughs> kind of yeah something yeah. cerebral exactly yeah. you know and very like almost you know quite dark yeah yeah on well, that where you're it's a kind of a real thinker kind of screws with you mentally about and a lot of twists and turns so it's like I think it would take a really decent writer to pull off the Riddler in a space where I think you could really appreciate it mm-hmm. um, like you don't want to be able to be like you shouldn't be reading riddles that are like riddle me this riddle me this. it's got to be like you said a bit more cerebral than that like yeah like i know eddie redmayne was kind of yeah. Red. <laughs> do it try i i don't even have it in me today i don't i wish but, yeah. yeah as long as we don't get newt scamander yeah. oh yeah please yeah no. riddle me yeah. this <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah but like i don't know is there anyone else he could play like those seem to be the the kind of front runners for characters yeah. but like i think um you guys talked about their doctor no doctor oh, hugo, hugo strange, strange. yes yeah because yeah, i don't i don't fall for the camp for uh for riddler or penguin i just don't see it for either of those no. like i could feel like a, a professor pig you know or oh. or um <laughs> or or hugo strange even but yeah. i just I don't see the gravitas for him to carry like a penguin, and he's a great actor. Like I feel I need someone a little bit older, yeah. You know, like like Andy Serkis, which I guess isn't happening because he's doing something else. Venom, he's doing Venom, yeah. exactly. But um, or British, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what yeah. I mean? Like I need that person that has like that class, like that gentleman kind of. Um, yeah, I can see that swag, but. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this evolves because yeah. it looks like we're starting to kind of build a bit of the momentum behind the Batman. They're kind of getting all their their penguins in yeah. a row, yeah. if you will. <laughs> and I'm really interested to see how this develops because they're really starting to build up this cast. It's starting to look really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just the time that they've taken with it, yeah. like just it's been a slow burn, but everything seems to have been moving forward, and they're really thoughtful and diligent with yeah. everything they're doing. So. It should pay off. Like, yeah. well, they found their comfort zone. Like after Affleck left, I think they got comfortable with the idea that let's just step back yeah. and figure this thing out. Like we've got Batman here. Like this is the character. Yeah, <laughs> we should be able to put this to screen. Yeah, well, and that they did that is commendable, right? Yeah. Because years gone by, it's just like no, let's just fire up the next version yeah. or. Let's do a Catwoman movie, or I, I wouldn't have been surprised if there was like, oh, this is Nightwing, and we'll tell you his backstory in flashbacks. And... Well, yeah, because they're thinking about doing the Nightwing movie. Wasn't the guy that did the Lego Batman, yeah. wasn't he attached uh, to McKay, it? right? Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Wasn't yeah. he attached to um... Yeah, he was. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see see all this, but uh, speak about Batman here, and kind of being the character that, like I said, has penetrated like everything. Um, what what are your guys Batman stories like? Like for me, 
when I think about Batman, I go back to Batman 89. Now, I was pretty young when this came out. But I remember the VHS tape. I oh, remember yeah. the black with the yellow symbol on it. I remember Michael Keaton. Like, this, that is the first Batman I remember. Like, beyond the animated series and all that. And for some reason, my dad is not a superhero guy by any stretch of the means. Like, he's always supported all this. I've talked about this before, the craziness in here. <laughs> but, like, he's not the type of guy that goes out and watches MCU films. Right? But he loved Batman 89. Like, love Jack Nicholson in the role. Yeah. Like, that to him, I don't know what it was that drew him into that. I've never really asked him. But the, that that's what got me into Batman. And the action figures, too, yeah. from oh, yeah. Batman 89. That's really what pulled me in. Like, mm -hmm. that, those those few Christmases out there. And we were talking about this when we were in the Batcave. It was, you know, when you got to the... A little later on, kind of the Schumacher and all that, you got like the Winter Batman and the Underwater Batman, and I had oh, the car yeah. and all this stuff. Love that. But like that's where, and like I guess even beyond that, the '66 Batman. Like I used to, I've said this before. I used to watch it in my cottage. Yeah. And there's like in my head, there's one thing that always sticks out. There's this episode with the Joker, and he's in a baseball diamond in jail, and he's standing on the thing, and then it springs him out, and that's how he escapes out of jail. <laughs> It's ridiculous, but I remember it. Yeah. And like Batman was the first superhero for me that I had action figures for, that I played, that I actively sought out more stuff. Like that, like beyond Marvel and all, like Marvel for me is a recent thing. I, going back to like my superhero origins, it's Batman yeah. that really gets me there. So Troy, what, what's Kevin. kind of like your your kind of ground floor? Where like where does Batman hit you? As far as, you know, everything from collecting to when you're a kid, animated series, 89. Like, yeah. where is it for you? Um, well, in my household, yeah, I guess he was like the the tolerated superhero. You know, everybody dug Batman in my mm. house. And my one of my older brothers, you know, after school, he'd pick me up and RDTV would premiere, you know, Batman oh, yeah. animated series. And say, come on, we got to get back home. we got to watch it. I think it was like 3.30, 4 o'clock I'd start. And we'd watch it and I was just like, whoa, this is cool. And you know what hit me was the score of mm -hmm. Batman, the music, because, you know, I, you know, there's, there's lots of shows I used to watch, but I never paid attention to the theme music, but it's always Batman that struck me with the music. Um, was it Hans Zimmer that did the, uh, no, it no, was, uh, it was Danny Elfman's uh, theme, Danny Elfman. and then they, Shirley Walker did the music. For right. The show. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't until, uh, Batman 2, Batman Returns. Yeah. Uh, that's the first Batman movie I saw on the big screen, and I probably shouldn't have had much too little to watch it, but just seeing, like, Catwoman, Batman, the Penguin. You know, I was like, "Whoa, this is a crazy yeah, world!" And multiple villains, multiple villains. It was, it was beyond anything. The costume was cool, the gadgets and the toys, the Happy Meals, all that yeah. stuff, the glasses, and Batman Forever is what I like. <laughs> that's that's my movie. That's what I dug my heels into. <laughs> um, Christmas time would come. I'm going through like the catalogs of Canadian Tire, like and the Bay, and I'm like, I need this figure. I need this figure. I had the cars, all those things. I think Batman was like the toy to have. You it had was. to have a Batman yeah. toy. It I remember was. the 89 Batman, he had the belt that would be like <laughs> a grappling hook and it'd come right out and you could yeah. like hook onto things. I thought it was just the coolest thing ever, you know? And then we got the tease of Robin from Batman Returns that Robin's going to be in it. We had the Robin toy, but yeah. like you, you told me, Carlos, he wasn't in the film, obviously. And, I, and I'm and i a Robin guy, you know? So I was obsessed with having like, if I had a Batman toy, I had to have the Robin to go hand to hand with him. So, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, e even the Robin figure, Chris O'Donnell, Batman Forever, you could... um dip his head into the water and the mask <laughs> yeah. would appear oh, and yeah. he put the armor on and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and then with the George Clooney Batman, 
you had that Batman, that Bruce Wayne, and then you could put the cowl over him and his head would pop into his chest and then don yeah. the Batman head. <sighs> and I thought, again, the coolest thing. I love taking them in and out of their costumes. It's just oh, it's that's awesome. amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's great stuff. So, Carlos, get to tell me here. You know, we spoke about the Batcave. It's kind of a lifelong commitment uh, to all this things Batman. What is it about the character that made you really latch on and become kind of this this something that you followed through a good chunk of your life? You know, I was lucky enough. Like, I my first Batman comics were given to me, and I just really latched onto the character because the stories were just really rich, and I loved how there was this guy who was all about self-sacrifice he could be living life on easy street but he chose not to and um like those jim aparo norm brayfogle denny o'neill books were just awesome back then and it was kind of like my thing and there wasn't a ton of batman stuff um so it's like i had these comic books and then i had like i always loved superpowers and like the superpowers like superman batman robin and the batmobile were like my three things that i had yeah and then um yeah, you have kind of like 86, 87, 88. That was my thing. You kind of own it and it's only yours. You're this elementary school th- kid and you don't think anybody else knows who Batman is and they only know the old 66 show and yeah. they're so unsophisticated. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like Batmania hits in 1989 and it was everywhere. Yeah. And like I became the coolest kid in school because like <laughs> I knew all this stuff and everybody's like ravenously gobbling up batman lore and batman everything and so it was like at that point in time like bruce and i became linked nice. <laughs> and so it was just like nice the, those perfect formative years right there you so, go wow. yeah that's awesome that's... set that foundation yeah yeah Something special man it's um it's crazy to watch that that evolve is that you know the 89 seems to be kind of the catalyst maybe not so much for you but it's a catalyst for a lot of people. And that was a yeah. game changer, right? You came off the 80s, which are dominated by the Superman films, the Donner era of Superman films. And you get to the end of 89, or end of the 80s here, and into the early 90s when you're getting the, you know, the next Burton film and the Schumacher films. And that's, that's Batman. And it goes kind of crazy, a little bit off the walls with Schumacher. But, like, in our wheelhouse especially... Like, that was everything. Yeah. That neon color crazy shit. Oh, my God. Like, like yeah. stepping back now, you think, okay, that's crazy. Yeah. But at the time, it was so toyetic. You were that's, just the right age for it, right? I was really the perfect yeah. age yeah. for that. Commercials, man. Two yeah. commercials. It was you. unbelievable. Yeah. And then, then things change when you get into 2005 with Batman Begins. Yeah. And then 2008 with Dark Knight. And then 12 with The Dark Knight Rises. And we get kind of Batman taking kind of a new generational form in this very grounded, gritty Nolan-verse that has right. been propped up as one of the best, if not the best, Batman 2 film stories ever told. We get the Joker out of this. We get Bane. We get Scarecrow. And that, for me, again, being a Marvel guy at that time, I was buying. Like, I bought Batman action figures. I've gotten, I give most of them to Sanjay. I've got posters, <laughs> The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. I've got a script. I have it here. It's the Dark Knight Rises script that my wife got me signed by the entire cast. So amazing. And so I'm a Star Wars Marvel guy, but Batman has found its way <laughs> into my life. And it like it was really reinvigorated. And I made the comment last week that Sanjay didn't really like about me not liking Batman Begins that much. 
but that that night and rises were were my jam like i love those films like i still would hold up the dark knight as one of the best superhero films of all time yeah yeah it's crazy how that again really sparked another another batman revolution i would say for those years over the course of the years from 2005 to 2012 when you had those films coming people were chomping at the bit to get those films yeah well like batman 89 just to go back like it came out like while we had the donner superman and like absolutely it's like some of the best comic book movie stuff out there um and certainly like kicked off that as a genre like it was kind of like star wars but like superman didn't really have a footprint back Mm -hmm. then there was at least not that i remember at all and it was a distant second to star wars and so then the kind of pop culture went from star wars to batman 89 and that's why that was like such a huge thing and like struck a chord with so many people Mm -hmm. so yeah and i remember going into begins being like kind of cynical like i was just like ah coming off of batman and robin and like what are they gonna do and like i i kind of had hope but i didn't really follow the development that close and it was harder back then too yeah like internet wasn't as much a thing and i saw some pictures in that teaser i was like ah that's kind of cool and then i just i remember being blown away and when there was that Raza Ghoul reveal oh, in Wayne Manor. My wife actually told me to calm down. She's like, <laughs> I, I'll never forget. She puts her hand on my shoulder yeah. and, my, and my knee, and she's like, You need to calm down. <laughs> like, I was that excited about the reveal of. They did such a good job of like yeah. hiding that back then, right? Yeah. Like, even the action figure, he's listed as Ducard. And I knew Henry Ducard. I was like, Okay, yeah, he's a guy that trained him from back yeah. in like Untold Legend of Batman. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, that's what they're doing with him. And, oh, and when they committed to it, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I, I love Begins. Like out of the trilogy, yes. that's my favorite. But because it's the most, it's the Bruce Wayne movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For sure. It's, it's For sure. the one that's, that's about so good. him. So yeah. Maybe I have to revisit this. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just, to me, Night and Rises are head and shoulders above. Yeah. In, in the quality. But maybe I'm just missing some of the essence of the character again. <laughs> Tim needs some perspective, it seems. <laughs> well, you, I can't stand rises, but the script is right here in my face, so I can't really say anything about it now. Now I'm like, ah, oh, it's the kryptonite. I'm gonna calm down, and I'm not gonna say anything about rises because the script's right here. But um, yeah, begins for me. It's uh, it's it's the Bruce Wayne movie for sure, and it's cool because we get uh, Hayden or Hayden Christensen. We get Christian Bale playing three roles really in that film because we see him play Bruce, we see him play Batman, but whether we also get to see him play like that role of Bruce Wayne, who's showing himself to the world yeah, the facade. Yeah. that facade of bruce wayne right so i really appreciate what he did with that role and um it's that that kind of that year one feel going on and mm-hmm. at the time too like i didn't know this was gonna be a trilogy so i'm thinking this is like a prequel because i love prequels yeah. going into the 89 batman and the way it ends you, you could have thought that too right yeah for me it was like because i came into 89 batman having read comics and being a bit of like a, a comic snob going into the movies it's like okay well uh that was pretty cool, but that wasn't quite right for Batman. And then like the first time I felt that they got him totally right was Batman, the animated series. Yes. But then I come into begins and it's like, Holy smokes. They nailed all the fundamentals of the character. And it just blew my mind. This was something that I never, ever thought. And just from a character standpoint, right? Like, and I can see like where the spectacle was a little low on begins. Yeah. And like I said last week, I have issues with Katie Holmes. 
in that role, I felt like she oh, detracted. Her crooked smile. Yeah, yeah. It just, it didn't <laughs> land for me. The chemistry wasn't there. And like, that's not like the, the film, like you guys are saying, it's a Bruce Wayne film. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I have to maybe go back and rewatch this. Check I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go into basically the, what would be generally your third iteration, not your third Batman, but your third, you know, I would say generationally, even beyond that, I guess fourth or fifth, when you throw in the animated series in 66. But we kind of get this updated with Affleck in the role of Batman. And that's a Batman that I'd have to say, I don't know if we had enough time with to even give a fair opinion on. Um, it's something that he had some great moments in Beaver's S. Yeah. Uh, the warehouse scene is definitely a standout. Hard hitting. Uh, different Batman, though, than we've got. And then Justice League, he was kind of weird. Yeah. A little was, bit. Yeah. Um, bit sidelined, I'd have to say. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's just to me that that Batman is, and I'm not taking any way thing from Affleck or whatever, or what was done. But to me, when we're getting this new, the Batman and all that, Affleck is the Batman that's like more than likely to be forgotten. You well, know? and he's almost like overshadowed, right? Cause he had the Nolan trilogy that was so well embraced. And then the other thing that you had working against him too, is like the Arkham version of Batman, yeah. which people absolutely loved. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I I kind of agree. Yeah, yeah. he'll be the. I don't know. I, I I feel going into the future, like people might look at his performance in BVS as like, that's the Batman to be at one point. Because I think, in my opinion, that's the best Batman we ever had. I I absolutely love what he did in BVS. I agree with you with Justice League. I don't know what they did with him in Justice League, but in BVS, like by far, that's my Batman from the costume, the size, his physique. His brutality, his mannerisms as Bruce, everything. Like even the scene when he's running after the kid and the explosion during Man of Steel. Yeah. Like I love what Bruce Wayne's doing there, what Ben Affleck brings, and he's he's kind of cold in the face too, and he's seasoned. He's seen it all already at this point. Absolutely love what he did, and I think um, maybe after we're done with this uh, this trilogy with Robert Pattinson, and if they want to get back to another kind of Batman, maybe even like more comic like, people might study that Batman a little bit more. So. Mm -hmm. At least active. Well, I think as well. you're, you're yeah. seasoned Batman. Well, even even not even even seasoned because his his Batman overall just came off like Batman. Like it's it's the closest thing we've had as Batman as yeah. a comic book. Like I don't think Christian Bale's Batman was anything spectacular. It was really the Joker that blew everybody away when it came to um, uh, the Dark Knight. Yeah. I would say he steals the show. Yeah, I, I mean, does that movie work as well if you had? A different villain, a lesser villain, probably not. Probably not. No. Like, are we talking about it as much then? Pr probably no. not. Like, like Bale doesn't have really any crazy standout scenes in that film, really. That I'm like, whoa, like that's Batman. I'm not jumping up and down. Like, I'm not looking at Bale like I'm looking at Robert Downey Jr. to Iron Man or, yeah. or Captain America, not by any means. But the no. Joker, that's what I'm looking at. Like, wow. yeah, it's like kind of your your Good fundamental. Point. Yeah, yeah. I'd... yeah. I can see that. Yeah. But I I view the Nolan trilogy as almost like I view MCU Spider-Man where it's not it's not that quintessential Spider-Man okay. or not the quintessential Batman, right. but it's just the interpretation of it for the medium or for your cinematic universe or whatever, okay. yeah. right? Like uh, Yeah. 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 It's even one of the more complex characters to talk about even in live action. Like you mm. look at the how many different iterations, how many different Batman like, yeah. there's not many characters that have been played by that many different actors and have had different iterations through time. Like, I can't even tell. Like, there's got to be seven or eight people that have played Batman. Yeah. That's you like James back, Bond numbers. Yeah. Really. You're going back yeah. to, to, to 1966 and you include um, some of the guys from the animated series and that. Like, there's a lot of people that 
have put their spin on Batman and continue to evolve the character. Like yeah. they're all different Batman yeah. too, right? There's yeah. no rehash and there's no like we always worry about you know how you, how would you ever replace Logan or how are you gonna place how's MCU gonna you know recast some of these guys that have like a Patrick Stewart in the role of right. Professor X? Like how are they gonna do that? Well, there's probably the the most recognizable one of the most recognizable live action superheroes that have had. Like everyone from Adam West to Ben Affleck playing him, like, <laughs> yeah. and then everyone in between from George Clooney to Val Kilmer yeah. to Michael Keaton to, you know what I mean? Christian, Bale, like, there's they're all it's all over the place. There's it's no crazy. consistency in any of them either. But I think like, it's because like from the start that guy's lent himself to malleability and yeah. to different adaptations, right? Like he started off like super dark and gritty and brutal, and then like almost immediately he was softened and <laughs> was kind of like super heroic, and then he was like ultra campy and then he's like fighting space aliens and, yeah he's all over the place so yeah i think that's why it yeah. works with well and i think that's it right it's he can be all over the place he can adapt evolve and always be telling good stories like we've yeah. got how many decades of stories here and some of the best stories you know from you guys talking like horror owls and that are within the last 10 years yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is crazy and which is refreshing and it makes me enthusiastic about what's to come with the Batman is that again, sticking and adhering to some sort of source material, but also putting your own spin and evolving the character of Bruce Wayne and Batman Yeah, is, is really important. I think we're going to get that. So happy Batman day. Yes, right? indeed. Yeah. It, it has yeah. gone past. You were a couple of days behind, but it's always fun to catch up on Batman yeah. on Batman day. I think we, this has become kind of a yearly thing. Yeah, hey man. Every day is Batman day. Yeah. <laughs> Especially we're going to breathe it in in the basement. <laughs> so with that being said, guys, it's time to wrap this episode yeah. up. If you guys would like to be a part of this show, contribute to the conversation, you can always email us at nerdram at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. You can hit, grab us at hashtag Twitter gang, hashtag we the nerd, hashtag stay nerd, where the conversation is literally always going on. Conversation around the world, globally, about literally anything you want to talk about. We do a lot of stars, Marvel and DC, but that's not all we talk about. We're all over the place with the discussion, so jump in there. You can follow us over at Instagram as well, where you can pick up on the hunts, what we're doing, usually on the weekends, what we're seeing, what we're picking up. And you can also now find us on T Public, the nerd room, one word to find some of those t shirts if you do so happen to want to support the podcast in a slightly different way. But again, no obligation there. Just come back every week. That's all we really want from you guys. And to join that conversation, you can find everything that we do over at the nerdroom.net as well as starscommonwealth.com, where you can find us and all the other Star Wars Commonwealth podcasts over there like i said for triple horse friday is coming yes we talked about it we're going to continue to talk about it. we're going to do a prelude next week to triple force friday what we are going after what we're going to get carlos doing head down <laughs> elbows up <laughs> and getting in them aisles so it's gonna be a lot of fun and i know a lot of the guys are planning a lot of fun stuff in and around triple force friday the release of mandalorian on november 12th and the rise of skywalker in december tickets and a trailer should be coming very soon for that and last but not least guys you can also find us over at emotion14.com where our good friend rob wade endorses us over there along with the roman podcast something saver talk star wars the crazy train podcast a lot of great stuff going on over there so go check that out carlos thank you very much again yeah, for sharing your passion your love for superman for batman for inviting me into your home and we're going to be invading the back case yes. here in the next few weeks we're going to be doing our joker review along with Carlos and I guess Sanjay can come along too. <laughs> We're gonna be talking Joker, breaking that thing down in detail, 
you know, the critics have been saying great things about it. Okay. We're going to have our stab at it here. Mm -hmm. And we're bringing in Carlos here to give that perspective, to give that Batman, that DC perspective, and also a movie reviewer, a real movie reviewer. Yes. Well, you can catch everything he does over at Letterboxd. Lunchbox? Yes. Letterboxd. 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 Yeah. So he's always reviewing movies over there. We're trying to retweet that. So he's got a lot of great opinions that he's going to bring to the table. But thanks again. Where can people find you on Twitter? At Canadian Cape Crusader. So probably the easiest way is to just find Tim or Troy. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> find something from there. But yeah, CDN Cape Crusader with no E at the end of it. And uh, same handle on Letterboxd if yes. you're so inclined. Oh, man. Yeah. Nice. And also check out hashtag Shelf Sundays every oh, yeah. Sunday. With the exception of last week when it was on Batman Day. Yes. You yeah. are seeing a glimpse into the collection. And it's absolutely fantastic. I know a lot of people look forward to that. So with all that, guys, that wraps it up. That is the mouthful. That is it for this week. So for the Nerd Room, and Sanjay will be back next week, I think, again. So, think if, so. You, if you're missing Sanjay here, uh, it's my, the edit's going to be way easier. <laughs> Love the guy. But anyways, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Batman. Yes. <laughs> so thank you guys very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and The Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.